Extraordinary Moms podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons that they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two moms parent in the same way, and we should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hello, everybody. Happy last day of August. I wanted to launch this bonus episode to really help all of you who are struggling getting off on the right foot of this school year. We have talked a lot about schooling and educational choices and things, but I wanted to provide one final resource that could really help you to truly feel like an expert, regardless of whether you're partially schooling your children at home, if you're all the way in on homeschooling, if you're navigating whatever circumstances you are, I want to help you and I want to give you hope. And so does my guest today. My guest is Anne Crossman and she's known as the homeschool expert. There's no better person to have on than that, right? Anne is incredible. She has been a homeschool mom of over a decade, almost two decades, and she is really an expert and she's talked to lots of other homeschool moms as well and other homeschool resources to help pool their collective expert knowledge to help you to succeed in schooling your children, whatever that may look like. So today we're gonna talk about her homeschool background, the pros and cons that she sees, her own experience with homeschooling and what she has learned over the years. I ask her my own questions based upon what we've been facing in our home virtual learning for about three weeks now and I'm so excited to share with you the new resource she has coming out to help you to be a homeschool expert. Now let's get to it with Ann Crossman. All right I'm so excited to be chatting with Ann Crossman today. Hi Ann. Hey it's so good to be here. Thanks for having me Jessica. It's my pleasure. It's always fun to talk to another podcaster because you're like well let me hook up my (laughs) mic and I'm like let me hook up my mic and it just really really helps especially on a motherhood podcast. There's quite a variety in sound quality which is which is just fine. You know my audience has come to expect that but it's always a treat when we get some good sound going and we do. (laughs) Yay glad to be of help. Awesome. Well I am so thrilled to chat with you today. Um, Before we got on I was sharing how I had my own mini meltdown over homeschooling right before we hopped on. So this is very timely and I know a lot of moms are feeling the weight of the world in terms of their children's education this school year. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to give a bonus episode for everybody to be able to have some additional resources, additional support, and some additional hope, really, when it comes down to it, that you can do this, you're equipped, even if you don't feel like it at the time, right? So, and will you just give a little background on yourself and your family, and then we'll kind of dive into the role homeschooling has played in your family's life. That sounds fun. Thank you. And I have to say, I love that you're coming at this from the perspective of looking for hope because there absolutely is hope. Uh, And that's one of the messages that we're giving to parents right now is you can do this. I know it seems overwhelming. It seems scary, but so many parents have gone before you that, um, you know, with tools from experts, you're really going to do great. You might even find that you like it (laughs) right by the end of the year. Like this isn't as bad as I thought it was. This is actually great. And if not, you know, great, carry on with the traditional school system. That's wonderful. But my background is that um, I'm actually a former homeschooler. I went on to Stanford and Duke and became a public educator in our local high school system. And um, from there, wrote three books on education and have been homeschooling my own four kids since 2006. So I've seen education from a lot 
lot of different sides of the table and have a lot of respect for what our school systems are doing right now. Um, I'm not the kind of homeschooler that digs on the public school system, having been a teacher in it. Uh, it's hard. I know how hard it is. And so my hat is off to the teachers who are, you know, redesigning lesson plans overnight with so little warning about this pandemic and how hard that must be. Um, so my role then is to come here and then to offer help to parents to say, okay, look, I've done both. I've done the public educator. I know for parents who are public educators trying to school their kids at home that this is very different. Or even with parents who have no teaching background, right, that this, this is unusual and how do we do this well? Um, so I've been customizing these tools for decades, basically with experts throughout psychology, you know, behavior analysis, um, professional educators, homeschool experts, and have been putting together these tools for decades now that just, you know, coincidentally timed with COVID to be available for families. I'm of course, um, sobered by the, the what's causing this to come to the surface in terms of public discourse. I'm saddened by COVID. This is not a celebration to be like, yay, homeschooling is now popular, <laughs> right? Because the reasons for it are so sad, but um, that's kind of, that's the backstory on, on homeschoolexpert.com. Okay, I am so confident. We are gonna end up in a much better place than we started in for me personally <laughs> after this conversation. So this is very good. Yay. And I love yeah. how you really brought up the side of the teachers because we are going to focus on mm -hmm. as moms how we can support our learners but i just want to say so the thing that really tipped me off this morning and was i got an email we're about two and a half weeks into virtual learning so our options yep. in my school district were um traditional slash remote so in the event your kids can't go to school they're assigned a home teacher where you're zooming all day long and being supported by them and they're the primary educator still for your child just virtually and then there's the virtual option where you are given kind of um, an online curriculum to follow you have a teacher to kind of support you and everything you're turning work into them but really the learning coach is the parent and they're that the learning is on the parent but you're still giving given those assignments and everything and right there's about a half hour to an hour zoom each morning to kind of check in so i have a kindergartner um among other children but i got an email from the kindergarten teacher who said so I don't know if you're sitting with Jackson during his Zooms, but he's falling over in his chair, and he's, he actually had his finger up his nose today. And and then I'm also not seeing able to access all the documents you're uploading because you're not uploading them properly. And you can imagine what these documents look like, right? So it's like check yep. the box, draw a picture that doesn't look like the picture that you were asked to draw, right? Like it's ridiculous. And so, so to hear that I'm doing it wrong, that I'm not sitting with my child for that half hour break that I do get because I am helping him to learn the rest of the day where we're, where we're working right. on all these worksheets and, and different things. I just kind of want to lose it. But then I remembered, okay, Jessica, you're a former elementary school teacher as well. I, I did this and she, she did it lovingly and kindly. And there is that teacher's perspective where they're trying to figure this out too. They're trying to engage yep. with our children via a screen. And it just made me so sad that these sweet teachers, they aren't really getting to know my awesome kids because it's so hard to translate that between a screen. Right. And so mm -hmm. ugh, it's so tricky. And I just thought, I can't do this. And so I think that is yeah. the benefit of straight up homeschooling and pulling from the district and, and doing your own thing and, you know, getting your own curriculum and finding a way for your child to learn the best way they know how, because this certainly is not the best way for my kindergartner to learn, but I'm just trying to figure it out. But I do have a lot of compassion for the teachers that are 
just as new at this as we are. Right. This is nobody's ideal scenario. No. And with you having a teaching background too, it's like, you know, you coming into the home front, you're like, it's so much, it's so different to yeah. be home with an age span of kids than it is to have 30 of the same age, all on the same task. Yeah. But now you're juggling meal times and nap times and property disputes over Legos. Right? Yes, yes. It's not the same as a classroom. Yeah, it is. It is so tricky. And so you have four children and was it always your plan to homeschool them? Cause you obviously started this many, many moons ago before you were forced into it. So this is a choice. What about the lifestyle of homeschooling appealed to you? And then how did you kind of make it work when you're juggling all those different curriculums and age levels and interest levels and things like that? Yeah, and thank you for asking it that way. It's funny because now homeschooling has adopted a bit more respect, when, whereas in the past it's been like, why are you such a weirdo? <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, so homeschooling was something that I loved as a child. I felt like it extended my childhood. Learning got to be fun. I didn't have to worry about what brand of clothes my, I wore or didn't wear. Like my parents, you know, were were very humble in their means. And so that I didn't have to compete on any of those levels, but could go to the library and get crazy excited about classical composers and not worry that it was completely nerdy was awesome. Mm. Um, so I loved that. And when my husband and I first started dating, it was actually one of my early questions to him saying, you know, what do you think about homeschooling? (laughs) And to his credit, he was honest. He said, I don't know. And, you know, present company excluded homeschoolers are kind of weird. (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, this could be a deal breaker, so let's see how this <laughs> this goes. So I encouraged him to go out and really get to know some homeschooling families in his community, which to his credit, he did. Mm-hmm. And he came back about a year later. I mean, we were still corresponding in between that time. It was a long-distance uh, courtship. But um, he came back about a year later and said, um, you know what? I really like these kids. They're, they're just amazing. And I said, what do you like about them? And he said, well, they're kids, right? They don't mm-hmm. care if their shoe has a swoosh or what car their parents drive, like they want to build forts and read books. And their nine-year-old wants to talk to me about Tolkien and Lord of the Rings, which is crazy. You know, he's not embarrassed that I'm in college and he's not. He's like, they're just, they're really great kids. And um, I think he walked away from that experience saying this is possible. So before we even had kids, we had envisioned, yeah, it would be great, especially in the early elementary years when concept wise, like I'm confident I can add three plus two and can teach my child to do the same with chocolate chips or beans or rocks or whatever he has available. Um, so really fun to be able to teach the early fundamentals in such a way that it, that we can progress at the speed of the child, right? Some kids are slower, some kids are faster and to not feel labeled or earmarked at an early age, but to really get that chance to learn at your own speed is such a gift. And from there, we kind of looked as it, you know, one year at a time was always our perspective. We'll see how it goes per child, one year at a time. Some of our kids we thought we would put in school earlier than others just because of their own individual needs. And so, again, one year at a time. But so far, we've ended up keeping them all in until high school. Hmm. Our definite cutoff is by high school. We want them to attend the local public school because, at least for our family, we see part of their education being a cultural one as well and saying, you know, we want to be able to provide support at home while putting them in a public school so that they have the chance to really test their belief system and really interface with people from different worldviews and perspectives and come home and ask questions and you know we can be there to support them as opposed to sending them off to college 3,000 miles away straight from homeschooling and not having had that learning curve opportunity so that's kind of how we've thought about homeschooling so far and we've used standardized testing on a national level 
uh, much more than the state even requires just to make sure that we're staying ahead of the game or, or on task year by year. And it's, it's really been wonderful for our family. I love that so much. And I do think one of the additional challenges that COVID has brought on with uh, more people joining the homeschool movement is there is a huge socialization component in a lot of homeschooling programs, co-ops, charters. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much interaction that is available typically for people in the homeschool community, which I, I think has really grown over time, probably a lot since since you started to, to now. But now with quarantine and depending upon where you live, that's even kind of scaling back, right? And so that kind of puts a wrinkle in things and it looks even probably less traditional depending upon where you live right now if you're choosing to homeschool. Right. COVID has affected all children and families um, socially. So it's funny because um, some of the initial interviews I've done elsewhere, the assumption is, yeah, because you're homeschooling, nothing has changed. It's like, oh no, the world has changed very much for us as well. The academic side is the same, Mm -hmm. right? Because we're working with one-to-one or even one-to-four in terms of adult-to-kid ratio, we can get most of our work done by lunch, which is fantastic. It's not that we're doing less, it's that it's condensed because I only have one student I have to teach this concept to, not 30. And so it goes so much faster. So that typically, you know, in a non-COVID world by lunch, we're out doing sports and with our co-ops and play dates and choir team and mock trial club and, you know, you name it. Like there are wow. just so many options out there. The problem is almost having too many options that you have to say no to some of them along the way. Um, but now with COVID, yeah, all that changes for us too. So we're modifying it even with, through our co-ops. And one of the things I recommend through Homeschool Expert is that families look to develop an online homeschool community. So for ours, um, for example, this spring, my girls set up a regular weekly play date with a bunch of their co-op buddies online to do Pictionary and charades. So Mondays at one, it was charades time. And it's not as awesome as being together in person, but it's certainly better than not seeing them at all. Yeah. Um, or for my son to be able to do a teen book club where they're going to all pick the same book that's you know historical fiction, and then once a month they, they sit down and they talk about a book so that it's both academic but also really fun because they're you know, hanging out with each other. Um, there have been like uh, escape rooms that have been kids safe that have been set online for free through our mm-hmm. co-op. Parents getting online doing you know, like random classes like, hey, Claymation, did you ever want to know how to do this? Let's all do a video, you know, whatever, Skype or Zoom and learn how to do Claymation. And so there's been a lot of creativity I think because of the flexibility in scheduling for homeschoolers where they don't have to be um, in front of a screen at a certain time of day, it's enabled them to think outside the box a little bit with how to engage socially. But at the end of the day, you're right. Uh, you're absolutely right, Jessica. It's not the same as what it was last you know, last academic year, and everybody's trying to make modifications. Yeah, and it sounds like what you're saying is it really boils down to your values. Like you still really value the socialization. So within mm-hmm. the, the confines of, of the new world that we live in for right now, what does that look like? Okay, right now it looks like Zoom charades instead of in-person charades. You know, like <laughs> yeah. that's just the way it is, right? And so you're still prioritizing those values, um, but it just, you have to be flexible. You have to be flexible. Right. And I mean, I think one of the biggest fears that I hear from parents is like, how are my kids going to learn from me? Right? They're not going to take me mm. seriously. They're not going to listen. They're not going to stay focused things. And I think what I've already found in two and a half weeks in, in my own virtual learning journey with my kids, is that there is a learning curve for all of us to this mm-hmm. new new normal of education. 
when they hop into a new classroom in their public schools, they kind of already know what to expect a few grades in, right? Like they know what the first few weeks are going to look like. They know that raising their hand is part of it. They know that sitting in their chair upright is part of it. And so my child in front of a Zoom call falling off his chair, it's simply because I just didn't set the right expectations, I guess, yet, right? And so there's that learning curve. And so me melting down over it and being like, we give up, like we're done. That's not really great because if I could just say for this month, it's going to be difficult. There's going to be a lot of learning on the part of every single one of us. And we have to allow for them to learn and expectations to be set and them to push back or them to excel. And we need to find our groove and it doesn't happen on day one. Is that right? Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. So we all need a lot of grace for ourselves and our kids during this season of transition. And I'm so glad you brought up the point though, about parents not necessarily feeling equipped to manage the school side of it. So even for parents who are doing remote learning or online classes, from their kitchen table, there's a lot more that goes into developing a home classroom than simply turning on the laptop or the iPad. And just like you said, you know, student goals, that's one of the pieces that we train parents how to do in lesson one of our series is how do you get started successfully? Well, you've got to actually print up positive goal statements um, for your students. So we provide five of them, one of which is sit quietly with my head up, mm-hmm. right? Because if we don't tell our kids what we expect of them, how will they ever reach it? Yeah. Especially if what we're handing them is a long list of don'ts, right? We could list 20 don'ts or five do's and much better to have them focus on the five do's. So for parents with no teacher training, how are they possibly expected to know that? They they aren't. Right. Um, and I think that was where I had looked sort of, you know, at the tsunami coming with us with COVID and said, okay, all of the, they're like 51 million parent, uh, students, 51 million students in the United States being educated. Very few of them have parents who've been trained in teaching methods. So we need to teach parents how to teach. And it's really not going to be that hard. Like, I think all the videos are less than three hours in our series. Um, it's, it's not complicated, but it's so much easier if you take the tools that I've developed for decades with these experts and just say, here, here's a here's student goals. Here's a time ladder. Here's an assignment chart, right? Here's what you need to make school sane for the first quarter, the first week even, mm. um, versus parents trying to figure it out by reading blog sites and like reading news reports and they've got to collate all this information and nobody has time for that. We're all in survival mode right now. So really trying to find a way to support parents that they're like, oh, I can do this. This is possible. Well, and I love how you brought up schooling doesn't just begin when you open up your laptop. I find the days that go the best are the ones where we do have that routine leading up to school Mm -hmm. starting in the same way that we used to have a routine when we would leave for school and they would, you know, prepare their physical bodies in a certain way. Their teeth are brushed, their hair Mm -hmm. is done, their shoes are on and maybe they don't need shoes right the second, but everything else needs to be done. Have they eaten? Have they had a drink? Is their space cleaned up? things like that and when you just are like no no no, zoom zoom gotta get on see 30 and then you like (laughs) rip it open and then today's the day that that's what happened and no bra mom is trying to like open the zoom it's not working and i'm in the back of another kid's zoom and it's just like what is going on you know you just feel defeated you just feel so defeated and so overwhelmed it's hard. Well, we all feel like we're in survival mode in that yeah. case, right? Parents in that moment are like, yes. I am barely duct taping myself together versus like, I can actually drive this bus myself. Yes. And I want to give parents the keys and the driver's ed to be like, you can drive this bus. It's not that hard once you have the tools, but like without driver's ed, all of us would be lost. <laughs> so yeah. like, hey, let's start here and work together. But 
but yeah, you're totally right. It's, it's a mess otherwise in the mornings if we don't have um, a schedule. And so that's what we're doing, right, is, is um, teaching parents how to couple flexibility with structure because heavens knows we need both mm-hmm. as parents. And how do we make those work? Because in the beginning with COVID, there were all these really well-intentioned articles coming out saying, you know, here's how you bring a bell schedule into your home. And even though it was well-intentioned, it was so frustrating for families because understandably, Bell schedules don't work at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you need different kinds of systems that are adaptable to what happens in life when you get that emergency phone call or the puppy pees on the rug or someone walks off without his diaper on. You're like, oh my gosh, we can't do grammar in 20 minutes now because <laughs> this happened. So how do we modify and keep plugging away so we can get it done and still feel sane and calm and you know in control? And so me being able to help parents do that has been so exciting because it's funny when we started filming I can tell you a story when we started filming this video series the video crew pulled me aside at the beginning they're like okay we just have to be straight up honest with you none of us plans to homeschool I said awesome <laughs> I am not here to persuade any of you like there are so many great ways to get an education and that's one of my principles so many great ways to learn this is just one if it's not your fit zero issue with me I think that's great zero judgment awesome so we finish up you know the 10 episodes and they come to me at the end they're like dude we've signed up for charters we've got our (laughs) curriculum we are experts at this and I said hold up I thought you weren't going to homeschool like yeah but we feel like experts now we we understand how to do this I I was stunned I was like I wasn't even talking to you I thought you were just holding the camera yeah what a great testimonial Um, that is amazing it works it's like okay good you guys didn't even want this stuff awesome well and that's the thing we think sending our kids to school and having six free hours a day is ideal right? Like that is our norm and what we've accepted as the ideal situation. But when you really examine it, 30 kids in a class with one teacher learning one way, however it's being delivered, you know, sometimes getting their questions answered, sometimes not, depending upon your child, are they raising their hand when they have a question or are they too insecure to raise their hand when they have a question? Mm-hmm. There's the social factors of of bullying or insecurity or do, the, do sure. you have the swish on your shoes, right? So there's all these different factors that, is it really ideal? No. And so as much as we think virtual learning and homeschooling and being thrown into this way is not ideal, really public school is not 100% perfection either, right? And so, and I love public school. I think it's a great option for a lot of families, but I think it's so important to acknowledge, okay, this is how we're doing it right now. And we're going to learn what we can from this and find a way that works for us. And if we can go Mm -hmm. back to, you know, school's great. If not, fine. But I just don't think it, it's it's just not helpful to view one way as the end all be all and another way as something that I couldn't I could never do. Right? If if nothing else, let it be a learning experience. And I mean whether it's learning a new topic or learning about a different religion or whatever, you don't have to convert. You just open your mind yep. and, and listen. Right? And so whether yep. this conversation relates directly to how you're gonna implement it in your home or not. Hopefully it can help you in some ways in terms of just having a more successful educational environment in your home. Yes, and there, you're so right. There is no perfect learning model, right? I can look at homeschooling and totally pick it apart with you and say, while people assume it's the social, the social's not the issue with homeschooling, right? Mm-hmm. It's that 
parents get tired yeah. <laughs> or local communities may or may not have the expansive extracurriculars that you want. And then you have to choose between going into the public school for them or trying to start them your own, right? There's a lot more muscle required in some communities than others. And it's not consistent across the United States. There are certainly downsides to homeschooling, but then as a former teacher, as you pointed out, I look at public education and I go, yeah, on my best days, if with 120 students, I may be reached I don't know, 65, 70% of them. Um, Not because I wasn't killing myself to try, but because everybody has such a different learning preference. They're all coming from different backgrounds. I had kids showing up who hadn't eaten breakfast. They have no food in their house, right? All the way through neurosurgeons kids. And I'm supposed to hit all of them in 40 minutes with a topic about diagramming sentences that's going to reach them all, right? That's just not even realistic. Um, Or yeah, there are all the negative peer pressure moments that come into that social element as as well that discourage the kids from even trying because they don't want to get it wrong and risk losing, looking like a loser, right? And that's how they phrase it, not how I phrase it. so positive and negatives on both sides for sure but i will say that the customized has been fun for us as a family would i love to send my kids six hours somewhere every day where my house is clean sure (laughs) that sounds delightful we have more dishes because i feel like everybody's eating all the time but like in the grand scheme of things that's really a small price for me to pay and it's like okay we just teach the kids how to do dishes, right? They're part of what we call team crossmen. And chores are actually a very big part of us developing our school routine. So it doesn't fall on mom or dad to be the permanent maid. It's like, hey, you live here. You're part of the team. You made the mess. Great. We're going to teach you how to clean it. Um, and that's that's very much a part of our curriculum because that's a real life skill. Everybody needs to know how to clean a toilet. You can't get to college and not know that, especially if you live in an apartment, right? You just can't not know that. Um so anyway, all that plays into what we train parents how to teach uh, and how to do with Homeschool Expert. We teach parents how to teach so that this becomes doable, um, life-giving, totally accessible, no matter a parent's background, I should emphasize, right? We have mm-hmm. parents who've come to us saying, I don't have a college degree. I can't teach my kid. It's like, actually, you can. Mm. Like, there, it might influence which curriculum you choose um, so that you have a bit more support. But you absolutely can put these structures into place, these flexible structures, these goals. Talk your child why you think it's so important in your own life choices, how an education might have pushed you farther, right? Inspire them um, to what's possible or show them what was possible by not getting that education. What are some of the backdoor entrances that nobody really pays attention to? And um, having that real life conversation with our kids is invaluable, even from a young age. Oh, 100%. I could not agree more. I think another question that's going to come up for the listeners is a logistical one. So I have three different kids in three different grades, as do many, Mm -hmm. many people, and that juggling of the different age levels. So when I am trying to devote my time to helping one child on an assignment or a new concept that they're really struggling with, I mean, that that time can get away from you, right? And you Mm -hmm. might you know, have set the expectations with your other kids and said, okay, you're going to work on this while I'm working on this with them. And then they just don't, like, because they're kids. And I'm sure, you know, given more time a few months down the road, they're going to get the hang of it better. But how do you early on set them up for success so that when mom's working with one child, something's actually happening that's productive and somewhat near your expectations with the others? Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. So we do a whole lesson on this, but I'll give you some practical tips okay, for sure. Great. But like I spend like a 15 minute lesson on teaching toddlers through teens at the same table because it is hard. Um, I think some of the high points of what we've done that have, has worked well is, first of all, if you're private homeschooling, right, where you're doing it all on your own, you can customize everything, the schedule and all that. There's a lot more flexibility to making the time work for you versus if you have to do Zoom school at the kitchen table, you know, what I'm recommending may be different a little bit. But to the extent you can adapt it, you know, that's fantastic. So what we've done is I actually choose some of our easier subjects for the morning when everybody's awake. Easy okay. being like, hey, we're going to read our, our history that's dovetailed with literature and geography. And I'm going to bring the little on my lap to snuggle while we read and talk about this together. Who knows? A little might even absorb a concept like pilgrims <laughs> or something mm. for the day. Um, and might be able to say something to dad when he comes home later. We're sitting around dinner table to talk about pilgrims. And the two-year-olds can pipe up and say, I know what a pilgrim is, right? And feel smart for a minute. And that's awesome. So we'll come together for some of the easier lessons, or I will create pods throughout the house that can engage safely my toddlers or youngsters, whoever's not being, edu you know, full-time schooling yet. Um, an example of one would be like a rice bin. Um, I'll put a rice bin on a sheet. I'll bury a bunch of matchbox cars and little doll babies or whatever underneath it, and they get to excavate them out. They dig them back in, spills all over the sheet. I just dump it back into the box and we're done. Keeps them busy for like a good 20 minutes hmm. um, at least. And so, and it's edible, right? If they eat the rice, I'm, I'm not worried. <laughs> it's not yeah. like it's a sandbox and I have to worry about silicates. It's like rice. Have a good time. It's inexpensive at wholesale stores. Um, and so I talk about developing boxes like that, busy boxes around the house, so that the littles can go off and explore and do something that's actually occupational therapists say is fantastic for their brains to be digging in rice bins. Hmm. So they can go do that. And then that gives me like 15 minutes of focus time, which is really all I need with my second grader to say, okay, today we're talking about adding together double digits you can do this. And we talk about the concept. And if we get interrupted by the little before we're done, it's like, great, we're going to take a pause break because honestly, a second grader needs a recess brain break after 15 minutes of concentrated time anyway. Because again, homeschooling is so much more concentrated right than the classroom. So after 15 minutes, I send the second grader off. I'm like, you need a 10 minute recess on the trampoline outside or on the scooter in your driveway. Or, mm -hmm. hey, I want you to take 10 minutes and carry that heavy laundry basket of yours with all that clean laundry up to your bedroom and I want you to find all the pajamas and put all the pajamas in one pile and then come back down. Um, and so by giving them a chore break or an exercise break, now I'm not worried, is he going to use his time well while I'm dealing with a little? It's like, you know what, he's off doing something with his body that he needs to do to re-engage his brain anyhow. And that way when he comes back to me, we're going to be ready to finish this double digit addition. Oh. So that's one of the tools that we help parents with. Oh. I just want to know all the rest. This is so good. Well, good. You have a program for that. Perfect. Good. Okay. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Like I said, like hundreds of homeschool families yes. have, have like poured their very best into wow. this so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like too many of us learned it the hard way. It's like, no, nobody can keep doing this. This is ridiculous that it takes us two decades to figure right. out how to teach well. And by then our kids are grown. That's right. no good. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And we're supposed to like figure this out. What we, what we feel like we're supposed to figure it out in the first two weeks too. So yeah, yesterday. Even if, Could yeah. you have the salt by yesterday, please, Jessica? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay, one more logistical question, I kind of, and then we'll talk more about what people can find in your amazing, amazing course and book. So, Oh, thanks. In terms of children's motivations, 
kids just operate at different speeds and they're motivated differently. Some have more intrinsic Mm -hmm. motivation than others, some very extrinsically. And oftentimes, you know, a class full of kids and that mob mentality can really be an encouragement to kids. And then sitting alone at a desk, needing to get a checklist of stuff done, it's just not enough. So how would you help address, because you mentioned speed of the learner and and speed of Mm -hmm. the child earlier, How would you address a child that is struggling with that motivation to get things done and um, and really just work independently, especially older kids? Because because young kids, you got to mix it up and things like that. So especially for like let's say third grade and up. Yes. So there are ways to build motivational, accountable systems into your daily routine, even from like kindergarten all the way through high school. There's um, a resource that we developed, which I can't give it all away here, but it's called a time ladder. And it was a game changer for our family. I wish I could say I invented it, but it came from Benjamin Franklin. And then we adapted it to homeschooling with the help of a few dozen homeschooling families and practicing it in trial and error. Hmm. So it's this really great system that helps Um, students stay focused on what it is they're supposed to do next with also planned breaks in between so that when you're staring at calculus and you're like, oh my gosh, I hate calculus or whatever the sentiment is towards whatever the negative subject, right? You're like, you know what? I got a break in 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to do my best for 20. And then I've scheduled this really fun break where I'm going to, I don't know, walk the beagle around the neighborhood or paint my toenails or catch up with a friend on chat for five minutes or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we build a schedule that intentionally gives this pressure release so that the harder subjects are more manageable um, as you're going through the day. So that's part of it. Um, And I'm trying to recall what the second half of your question was, Jessica. Remind me again on that one. Um, Just for kids that are naturally not as motivated or or even just get more frustrated, you know, and then tend to give up. And so this is where we bring other family members into the picture. And so... I mean, like I, I look at single parent households who say, you know, I don't have a spouse coming home to cheer me on at the end of the day. Absolutely can understand that. All the more reason to get into a community of grandparents or aunties and uncles or friends um, that are through scouts or sports or coaches or whatever, who you can intentionally bring in and say, okay, could you ask Charlie every Friday, did he earn all five signatures for the week? Mm-hmm. And a signature might mean he accomplished his chores for the day and he completed his assignments. Or if you want to raise the bar even higher, right, he accomplishes chores with a good attitude and he completed his assignments before lunch, right? Set the bar wherever it makes the most sense mm-hmm. for your child, for your student. Um, but then bringing people in. So for, for some of like I have four kids, I guarantee you not all four of them are self-motivated. At least half of them are not. And so it meant my husband coming home from work saying, hey, did you earn your sticker today on your assignment page? And he would go, want to see it. And they get to pick their sticker. So, you know, when the, for the littles, early elementary, that that's the fun part is pick the actual sticker. Um, and then they'd show it to him and he could celebrate. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm going to check with mom. Did you have a good attitude? You did. Oh, I'm so glad to hear it. Mm. Right. And even though they are not self-motivated, knowing that dad's going to ask at the end of the day was sufficient to get them through whatever that hurdle was that we were working on. Because I said, you know, dad's going to come home at the end of the day. He's going to ask how did this science worksheet go? What do you want me to tell them? Hmm. And they'll just stare at me blankly and go, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> um, so it's a team approach, and, and that helps a great deal. Yeah, and that's a lot different than saying, wait until dad gets home, right? Like, wait till your father yeah. gets home, right? Like, we definitely don't want fear to be the leading motivator when it comes to their education. 
It's so important for them to take pride in their work and to look forward to sharing what they've accomplished versus feeling threatened that if they don't do something right or don't do something that we want them to do, they're going to get in trouble for it, right? Yeah, external motivation. So a different way to look at it, because I know especially parents have expressed concerns about incentivizing or grades, Mm -hmm. you know, and how do we not complicate the parent-child love relationship with that, right? Which is a very real, important question. And we've gotten to the point with our kids where if I go to their soccer match and cheer for them scoring a goal versus I give them a spelling test and cheer for them because they got them all right, it feels the same. Sure. They know they have to do one or the other to earn my respect or love. Like it doesn't affect my relationship with them in any way. Mm-hmm. But if I'm willing to cheer for them on the soccer field, I'm just as happy to cheer for them at the kitchen table with their schoolwork. Mm-hmm. And it's all about developing the holistic child and we're here for you, right? We want to provide the supports you need. Everybody messes up. A big part of, honestly, we did this one lesson, uh, I think it's lesson two, I want to say in the video series where we talk about the value of making mistakes and how do we as parents exemplify for our kids the value of learning from mistakes that nobody learns if we don't fail somewhere along the way. And so having a healthy attitude towards that is actually a learning preference. It's a learning style. Not that I'm encouraging mistakes by any means, Mm -hmm. but um, having a healthy response to them. So again, it doesn't bring in that performance pressure or anxiety that's unhealthy to a relationship, but just saying, hey, this is normal. We're normalizing that people mess up and we're going to learn from it and we're going to move forward. Yeah, that is so fantastic. And something I've been thinking a lot about, Anne, is that as much as the focus has been on my kids' education this year, we are going to learn so much as parents this year. We are going to learn so much. And just as much as our kids struggle with some subjects or struggle with some tasks or struggle with motivation or whatever it is, or organization, fill in the blank, we struggle too. And so modeling Mm -hmm. for our kids how we're willing to learn and put in the work to go from point A to point B when we're, you know, working mm-hmm. through something. And I mean, whether it's purchasing a course like yours where we get that support, because I think a lot of parents are just like, I don't have time to like take in more information and stuff. But right. really it's it's that pre-parenting where you're training your kids ahead of time so that the payout comes when they actually clean the bathroom correctly. Instead yes. of just saying, go clean yes. the bathroom, but then you have to re-clean it after they're done, right? If you want to set this up for success, it is going to take some preparation on your part as a parent. But think of the time and energy and worry and hassle that you are saving yourself on the back end when you're trying to clean up the mess and try and, you know, clean up the tears, really, when right. you could have. And, and sure, there's still going to be bumps, but it's not the same as just going in blind. So tell me about your course. Who is it a really good fit for? And what can we find in there? And kind of what's my time investment like as a parent? Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for framing it that way too, because if I look at it from the big picture, you've got, you know, parents have an entire school year potentially ahead of them. I know none of us really knows, right? But if we look at how restaurant closures have gone and airports and everything else, it's like, there's a, there's a strong possibility. This could be a full school year of weirdness that this is nothing we've experienced in the past. And we're not going back to our pre COVID days until potentially even next school year. So just knowing there's the possibility for something unusual ahead of us, it's like, okay, how do we, um, how do we prepare ourselves for that? If I told you watching an Avengers movie would make the full school year mm-hmm. so much less stressful for your family, would you do it? Well, of course. <laughs> right? it's, an, it's an Avengers movie. It's not that long. 
but and that's ex you know essentially the length of all these videos we've spliced them down some are about seven minutes some go as high as 20 but the idea is that parents can just pick or choose um, when they're ready to watch them or not watch them as opposed to like a zoom conference they have to attend it's totally customizable to parents and their work schedules and they just pick one at a time and they work through the system and then um, something that we're putting on the site today is that if parents sign up for the full series not only do they get the quick start guide which is like look if you're truly desperate just watch this one video okay. you'll be fine by Monday right this will just start you for Monday you can catch up on the rest of the videos over the next few weeks um, so we offer that but then we also offer this exclusive membership to a consulting service where once a month I'm going to be hosting uh, an online forum sometimes having experts here along with me so that parents can write in with questions or they can send them in through chat and we can address in real time questions that parents have throughout the school year because I believe parents are going to need a live resource that they can keep turning to um, as questions come up. So right now it's a video series. Um, we also have free podcasts online and free articles for parents trying to dig into what is homeschooling and is it right for me or how do I do this legally? We've got all kinds of links so that the idea is this is the one-stop shop for people who are trying to figure out, is this a good fit, mm -hmm. right? We, we answer those questions, we give you the resources, and then if you decide, I'm gonna test it out, we provide you with the tools where you can go from there. Uh, and then in the end of September, there's a book coming out that takes the core content of the videos and expands it even further. So that if parents already watched the videos, they're like, oh, I still need more, I still want more. They can add the book to that um, and further their information even more. So great. Where do I get it? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, homeschoolexpert.com. Okay. Oh, well, that's the name very of easy. the website. And then what's yeah, your podcast? Say that again. And then what's your podcast? It's the same, homeschoolexpert.com. So on that website are all the links to the podcast. So recently we hosted um, Ryan Delk, who is the CEO and founder of this new homeschool community startup that's in San Francisco. Mm. And that was fascinating. He's a former homeschooler talking about the future of homeschooling. Um, we brought in Steve Demi, who's the founder of Matthew C and Building Faith Families. And he's talking about how math curriculum can be adapted to people from all kinds of learning needs. Uh, we've had Deborah Bell on there who has her own online academy talking about online learning and how parents can think about flexible learning in this season of stress for their kids, especially teenagers and high school students. So we're trying to bring in experts, you know, learning disabilities and whatever, who can talk about all these really important questions um, that parents have that, that yeah. they need answered. So like we've got one coming up in a few weeks, a mom of seven kids that she's homeschooled, all of them all the way through, wants to come talk about how she did that practically, which you know, I'll be honest, blows my mind. I have right. four, I'm like seven. I don't even know right, <laughs> you right. did that. Um, so just real life people coming in to talk. And so, yeah, those are all free on the website also. That is so, so cool. Okay, we'll link to everything at extraordinarymomspodcast.com. But if you're feeling overwhelmed or like you just need that preparation for yourself and that learning for yourself, it will pay in dividends as you are setting your kids mm -hmm. up for success, setting yourself up for success. And feeling, I mean, if you don't feel equipped, get equipped, right? Like you, like <laughs> yeah. you have the spirit of the Lord with you. Like you, you have everything you need within you. You really, really do. Like boils down to your kids need to know that they are loved by you, right? Regardless, mm. like, like it's going to be a great year and your attitude is going to have so much to do with it. And yep. there are resources like what you have to offer with homeschool expert that also bolster that confidence in yourself to, to administer this in a really beautiful, meaningful way. 
Yeah, and Proverbs says victory comes with the wisdom of counselors. So the more we can lean into the wisdom of counselors, yeah, the more victorious we'll feel. So that's true in every area of life. You have to do this in a vacuum at all. Nobody expects you to. So even as an educator myself, you're an educator still. That does not, teaching your kids three different levels, four different grades, you know, whatever it is, it's not the same. So while some Mm -hmm. of those transferable skills, it's like, oh, I'm so glad I already know some of these things. Still, we're all trying to figure this out. So I just love this so much. And you are such an encouragement. I do feel more hopeful. I certainly oh, do. I haven't good. cried this Thanks whole time, Anne. Thanks for having me, Jessica. This has been fun. <laughs> well, I always ask my guests one final question, and it's this. Okay. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? <laughs> what a wonderful question. Um, I am a planner by nature. And so that I didn't have everything planned out from the beginning, I think, took some of the fun out of it initially because I was so worried, right? Are they going to get what they need? Am I going to do this all right? And I think if I could go back to myself in the beginning and say, you can do this. Um, yes, they got what they needed. Everything works out great. We all learn along the way. Um, I think I would have been able to seize the moment a bit more carpe diem, right? Yeah. Live in it because I, I had the faith that it was going to be what God wanted it to be for each of them. So I think that's what I'd tell myself. But what a great way to end your podcast, Jessica. Yeah. Great oh. question. Well, we've had a lot of great answers. And I mean, it just shows the diversity of motherhood experiences in these responses, right? And But mm. really, usually what it boils down to is like, it's all going to be fine. Like, you're going to do better than you think you are. And it's harder. <laughs> and it's a lot harder, too. Yep. So um, just taking it one day at a time and one kid at a time, that's all you can do. That's all you can do. And yep. it will all be all yeah. okay. And thanks so much for taking the time to come on today. Good luck with your school year. When does your school year kick off? Uh, we are actually going to start ours later, um, like early October, just because oh. of how our local school systems are handling it. So we're pushing it out, and then we'll finish out in June. So just flexing with the times. There yeah. you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, good luck to you and your family this year, and thanks so much for sharing all your wisdom. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Jessica. All right, everybody. Can we do it? We can do it. <laughs> I am so excited to get my own enrollment with Homeschool Expert. If you are feeling like you need more resources, you need that pep talk, you need that hope, you need the collective knowledge of a lot of experts, but you don't want to go digging from expert to expert to figure out how to navigate the school year, this is the place, Homeschool Expert. So go to homeschoolexpert.com. And Anne was so nice. She gave us a coupon code for 10% off for our listeners. Um, It's linked over to ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. You can find it there. But if you just want the code right now, it's EXTMOM10. EXTMOM10. And in case capitals matter, the E is capitalized in EXT for extraordinary. And then the first M in MOM is capitalized. Capital E, XT, capital M. OM10 for 10% off of Homeschool Experts. So check that out. Check out her podcast if you need constant reinvigoration and ideas. Sounds like she has some great experts on there and I would love for you to follow along with that. So anyhow, hope that was helpful today. I'm going to resume my normal interviews with moms sharing their motherhood journeys this week and I'm so, so excited. I am going to change my release days to Wednesdays. Um, I don't know why, but just because tomorrow's isn't ready, maybe. (laughs) 
But uh, you can look for new episodes every Wednesday with with Extraordinary Moms. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at jessicadalquist 3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast, even though I don't really post there. And everything is always linked at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. All right, everybody. Have a great, great week. Today is going to be a great day, and this is going to be a great week. And we'll see you in a few days for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.